0: the list
2: you are locked on packers
1: your daily green bay packers podcast part of the locked on podcast
2: network your team every day
0: r-e-l-a-x relax we're gonna be okay it is time it is time i feel like we can run the table we're gonna do it
1: You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for FanRag Sports, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow me on Instagram at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow this podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers, and you can find all of the episodes in partnership with FanRag Sports at LockedOnPackers.com. Please, I encourage you to do that. This Tuesday edition of Locked on Packers is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Use the promo code Locked On at MyBookie.ag. And a reminder, we are still doing the Pro Football Focus Edge giveaway. I was on Pro Football Focus all day today looking at all sorts of, of charts and grades and numbers trying to figure out where the Packers go from here with these injuries and with what the scheme is going to look like. There's all sorts of data there. And if you want access, you can get it. You can enter our contest by going to our iTunes page. You can leave a review. I appreciate those of you who have done this, who have gone, who have left reviews, left their Twitter handles. Every week, the Locks On Podcast Network will pick one lucky fan to win a Pro Football Focus Edge subscription. NFL.com's Alex Gelhar is here for Expert Tuesday, and tomorrow we're going to have Mike Triplett from ESPN, who covers the New Orleans Saints, to talk about the Packers' matchup on Sunday. I understand that feels like a long way away to a lot of you, and it is. It's still only Tuesday, and we have a long way to go before Sunday, and part of the reason is because it was announced yesterday that Aaron Rodgers was going to undergo surgery for his broken collarbone, effectively ending his season we expect. And part of the reason that that's expected is the surgery means requiring a plate to help the collarbone heal. And that means a second surgery to remove the plate. This is going to prolong the timetable. This is going to prolong the recovery window. Everything about this now becomes expanded. And that essentially means that unless Green Bay wants to open up roster spot for the rest of the year hoping Rodgers can get back and the team can win enough games to get into the playoffs that Aaron Rodgers is done for the year and we could talk about what that means and maybe we should do that at, at greater length discuss the missed opportunities I do still believe that this was the best team in the NFC when healthy I said so repeatedly this season and I said so on Twitter again on Sunday that's what makes this so disheartening if you're a Packers fan 2014, they had the chance to go win it. They missed that opportunity by some unlucky breaks and some conservative play calling in the NFC Championship game. But this was looking like the year. That it was all going to come together. I don't want to spend too much time with, with this. I promised myself when I came on the year, I was not going to. I told myself I want to talk about the defense before we get to Alex. But it's hard not to get to this every day. We're going to have to talk about it every day. Or at least we're going to have to talk about it this week. As the news is the news. And then as we're going to cycle out of it, we're going to have to start talking about something else because there's going to be other games for us to watch. Brett Hundley is going to do things. Good or bad, and probably both. But I want to talk about the defense before we get to Alex because it it has gone unnoticed how well they played in this game. Extremely shorthanded. Down three starters in the secondary. There are two starting corners and they're... Their most versatile defensive back. They held Minnesota in check for most of this game. They only allowed two touchdowns, one of which came on an extremely short field after a Brett Hundley interception. The Packers held the Vikings to just 4 of 12 on third downs, forced two turnovers. Even though Minnesota had four sacks in this game, Green Bay actually had more tackles for loss, eight, than Minnesota did. They had six. The front played extremely well. Minnesota made a couple great plays, a couple one-handed catches. They had a couple conversions in key situations to keep drives alive. I want to refer you to something I said yesterday about Brett Hundley's interceptions. I went back and watched the game. I watched almost every offensive snap more than once. At least every throw Brett Hundley made, I watched twice. The first one was a bad read and a bad decision. Ball gets tipped. Xavier Rhodes makes a one-handed catch. The Harrison Smith interception is a diving, one-handed stab by an an all-pro safety. He makes an incredible play. And the last one was a late-game heave as he's about to get crushed. It sailed over the receiver's head. It was the worst throw he made all day, and he made it under a significantly adverse situation. If Ty Montgomery can hold on to the ball, he didn't realize he didn't have to rush. There's no one around him. If Ty Montgomery can hold on to that ball, it's 14-14 at halftime, and maybe we have a different game. Mike McCarthy was hot at the podium at the suggestion that the Packers would bring in another quarterback. They're not going to do that. And he, was, he wasn't hot at the suggestion of Colin Kaepernick. It could have been Tony Romo. It could have been Blake Bortles. It could, have been, it, it could have been Tom Brady that was suggested. And McCarthy would have been pissed. And one of the reasons is, after watching this game back, it is apparent to me how winnable this game was, even under the circumstances. I think McCarthy expected the offense to play better. He expected the defense to play better. Some brutal mental mistakes and a couple 50-50 plays that went Minnesota's way instead of Green Bay's way made this game look less close than it was. Remember, the Packers turned the ball over with, with 20 seconds left, under 20 seconds, on interception, but they were inside the 15-yard line. They were driving, and they had a promising drive before that stymied, as well. The final two drives in particular in this game, Brett Hundley looked comfortable. He made stick throws. He made drive throws. This, this is this is Brett Hundley week at Acme Packing Company. I suggest you go there. There's going to be a ton of content from us. I'm writing about it for today. It could go up tomorrow or Thursday. We're going to see. There's going to be a lot more discussion about Brett Hundley. But back to the defense. Quinton Rollins goes to IR to make room for Joe Callahan. Rollins, Look. If you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you know how I feel about Quentin Rollins. Not an NFL corner. If he's on this team next year, I will be surprised. Lindsey Pipkins, who I wrote about in the preseason, he had a great first game against the Eagles and and then was mostly nowhere to be found. Struggled against Washington. He played 11 coverage snaps in the slot against the Vikings, allowed one catch for minus one yard. He tackled well, finished with six tackles and a tackle for loss which was a great play where he read it, closed, and made a tackle in the backfield. Overall, he allowed three catches for 16 yards. At one point in this game, it was Josh Hawkins and Lindsey Pipkins on the outside and Demarius Randall in the slot. That is suboptimal. Green Bay allowed 12 catches on 16 targets for 148 yards from Adam Thielen and Laquan Treadwell. But that's with the backup to the backup to the backup playing. With Devon House and, and Kevin King... If Randall is in the slot, where he, frankly, has not been great this year, but where he is the most natural fit, although I think Pipkins can play there, there is talent in this secondary. The Vikings made a number of contested catches, of one-handed catches. Laquan Treadwell had an incredible one-handed catch. Kyle Rudolph had an incredible one-handed catch with with a defender draped all over him. And there were a couple times Case Keenum just stood in there under pressure and fired in a great throw. Green Bay's defense played well. Kenny Clark, who had the fumble forced, had six run stops on Sunday. We discussed earlier, um, a week or two ago, about what a run stop is for pro football focus. This is a tackle that, that puts the offense off schedule. So it doesn't allow, you know, four, five, six yards. Six of them on Sunday. He's now sixth in the league among interior defenders and in run stops for the year. There is legitimate talent on this team. And if they can get healthy, if they can get their corners back, if they can get Morgan Burnett back, Blake Martinez is a monster. This front, this front, front really this front three, but with Quentin Dial now, with Ricky Jean Francois and Montrevius Adams, you expect is going to be back here some at some point. Vince Beagle is coming back soon. He's eligible to come off PUP. Hopefully, he can inject some life and some juice in this pass rush. Remember, Ahmad Brooks didn't play in this game. If this team gets healthy, there was a lot of talk about this yesterday, and I'm sure there's going to be more of it today and through the weekend about, oh, Chris Carter said it. Oh, Green Bay is just not talented enough around Aaron Rodgers. That's garbage. I don't buy it. I I, I don't subscribe to it. I think it's just a misidentification of talent on this team. It's interesting that when Rodgers was here, they had the they had one of the best receiving and, and skilled talent groups in the league, and then without Rodgers, suddenly there's no talent. Arguably the best offensive tackle duo in football with Rodgers, but when it's Brett Hundley, oh well, there's no supporting cast. Clay Matthews, Pro Bowler. Haha Clinton Dix, Pro Bowler. Nick Perry, Pro Bowl caliber player. Blake Martinez is going to the Pro Bowl this year. Mike Daniels. Kenny Clark. There is talent on this team. They can win football games and they can win on Sunday. And you'll be happy to know Alex Galhar agrees with me. Before we get to Alex, I want to remind you about mybookie.ag. Because they will give you a 100% deposit bonus when you use the promo code locked On just for signing up and putting money in the bank. Well, in their bank. They have live in-game betting, a great mobile site. And you can do everything you need to do right from your couch. It's no different than betting in a Las Vegas casino, but you can do it right from your smartphone. There are so many shady sites out there. Don't get duped. MyBookie.ag is legit. They've been in business for years and they do cash bonuses. Payouts in as little as two days. Use the promo code On, and you can get your cash bonus now.
0: The list. All
1: right, let's get to Alex Gelhar. You can find him on Twitter at Alex Gellhar, which shouldn't be hard to miss. You can find his writing on NFL.com slash fantasy. He's on podcasts. He's all over NFL media, and he's a good Wisconsin boy, even if he lives in L.A. now. We'll, we'll forgive that. I live in New York now. So, you know, you have to there has to be a little leeway on these things. Alex, thanks for joining Locked on Packers.
2: Happy to be here. As happy as you can be, right? Yes, I'm trying to put on a good face, you know, throughout the office and uh, <laughs> around Los Angeles where I live, uh, despite the harrowing Aaron Rodgers news.
1: So, he takes that hit from Anthony Barr, and your, your reaction is what?
2: I thought it was fine that it was a no call. I personally thought it was a little late. Would have been happy with the flag, too, but it's not anything to get totally up in arms about. There were later worse hits across the league that, uh, even just this past week, that didn't end up in injuries, so... Packers fans just uh, got a little bit unlucky on that one.
1: And then when it when it comes out that that he's got the broken collarbone, or we think he has the broken collarbone during the game, are you just? Is your immediate reaction just like, okay, well, fun season?
2: <laughs> I think I blacked out for a little while as I was watching Hunley try and pick up the pieces with uh, you know a patchwork offensive line. But it's certainly it's certainly a devastating blow to the Packers' season, especially considering. The momentum they had coming out of that win in uh, Dallas, and some people were were sensing this team might have uh, might have had that it factor that sometimes carries teams through the postseason. But by the same token, as as disappointing as it is, we we have a, a new interesting storyline to watch, and and how well Brett Hundley can come in and you know run what should be still a pretty good offense.
1: Yeah, and that's that's the thing that that I keep going back to is I know that that maybe we're a little biased because we watch the team more than other people and and have a, a rooting interest in the team, but I think Brett Hundley can be good, like maybe not like upper tier quarterback good, but I think he can be handle your offense good. He can be better than Jay Cutler in Miami good.
2: <laughs> well, better than Jay Cutler in Miami good is, is a low bar, but but I agree. You know, he's been in the system for three years now. Mike McCarthy's a noted. Quarterback developer. Uh Hunley has played well on spots throughout the preseason. I think he's developed as a passer. Uh, you know, you go back and watch some of that preseason tape, and he was able to sling it pretty well, pretty deep, which wasn't one of his best strong students coming out of college. Uh, and on, on top of that, he's in an offense loaded with playmakers. He's got, you know, when we lost Aaron Rodgers in 2013, uh, I was looking back at this, Jarrett Boykin saw like 56 targets in the seven games that Rodgers missed. Now instead, Hunley's gonna get to operate with Cobb, Nelson, Adams, Montgomery, Jones, uh, Bennett, Kendricks like it's it's not a terrible situation for a young passer to come in and thrive especially with a good offensive minded head coach like Mike McCarthy who can kind of retool the offense to suit Hundley's needs.
1: On a scale from one to weed is legal in California um, how crazy is the Tony Romo stuff?
2: Oh I think it's you know, weed would be legal everywhere crazy. I, I think it's it's an outrageous, <laughs> an outrageous notion to think that the Packers would lure Tony Romo out of the booth when, one, he's having so much success there. Two, he left the game because of injuries and would have to play behind a banged-up offensive line. And three, if Rodgers does, you know, get put on the IR boomerang and comes back, you know, God willing in the postseason, Romo would have to watch from the sidelines again. there's just there's no way he comes out of, out of retirement for this. Year.
1: I was talking about it with Brian Curtis last week, and it's the first time in Tony Romo's career he's had a one hundred percent approval rating.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. and so kind of- why in the world would he leave that situation where there's basically no downside to come to? I mean, I understand that the the allure of playing for your hometown team has got to be great. But at the same time, there is a ton of downside too. Yeah,
2: one hundred percent. I mean, the Packers don't exactly have like a cakewalk of a schedule the rest of the way. There's some good matchups, but Tony Romo would have to come back in, face that Pittsburgh defense, face the Minnesota defense again, face Baltimore, Carolina. Like those are those are some intimidating fronts. And, you know, for a guy to just come out of the broadcast booth like that, not in game shape, not having practiced at all, it would be the just the, the Marks in the cons column far far outweigh the pros in my yeah opinion. I
1: agree. Where, where do you stand on the on the col- the Colin Kaepernick potential? I
2: mean, on the one hand, you know he is a young, capable veteran who would make some sense, but on the other hand, I think the Packers need to roll with Hunley. This is this is the way their team has always been built: is to draft and develop. And they've had Hundley in the system for three years. And he, more so than a street-free agent, is going to be best equipped to lead the team. Like, uh, you know, I still think Kaepernick should probably have a job somewhere, at, at least as a backup. I mean, for God's sakes, we, we've seen Matt Castle, Brock Osweiler, and Kevin Hogan in recent weeks. But right now, for this pack, for this Packers <laughs> team, I think Brett Hundley makes the most sense. He's, he's been there. He knows the system. He knows the players. You know, you want that continuity on an offense rather than throwing in a completely different barrier. Well, you
1: mentioned that this is what the Packers do. They draft and develop. And more than anything, you want the other guys on your team to be running their system. If you bring Colin Kaepernick in, you have to change what you do exactly. offensively. And that is, that's not something you want to do because it makes it harder for you to evaluate your own guys. This is not just for this year. This is this has got to be this team moving forward. And how are you going to be able to evaluate wh- where you are with Jordy Nelson and and Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb and, and the offensive line or the running backs? Like, if you have to change the offense, maybe that upsets too much of what you're doing. Uh, what I what I think is interesting here and and we'll have to see is one of the things that Hunley has done really well in the in the preseason and in some of the limited snaps he's gotten, is he can throw the ball down the field with touch and accuracy and on the sidelines. And so I wonder if if McCarthy takes a more high-variance approach moving forward and say, let's take some more shots because we can't rely on this offense to go eight plays, 75 yards.
2: Yeah, I could certainly see that in the range of outcomes. He even showed an ability to to throw some nice passes in that game against Minnesota uh, down the sideline and on some outside. a couple of nice ones to Jordy and Devontae that I remember for sure. Um, but, uh, you know, to your point, it's also like, we're going to have to see this offense is going to shift and that, that could make a lot of sense if he's, you know, McCarthy does go for a little bit higher percentage of plays to, to pick up chunk yardage, or who knows, maybe, uh, maybe they turn more of the backfield over to Aaron Jones. It's, uh, we're going to get, you know, we're going to get a great glimpse of what this offense could be next week when the Packers take on the saints, because Huntley will have had a whole week of reps, you know, with the starters, they'll have game plan with him. That will be a much better test than going off of what we saw last week. And the box score looks abysmal, but I don't think Huntley played as bad as the box score indicates. All of those interceptions, I mean, there was a tip. Harrison Smith made an outrageous play. And then that last one, I'm pretty sure he was getting hit in desperation time. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's, he it's was not like crushed. he was throwing, you know, not missing safeties and throwing uh, horrific uh, interceptions. That, that Harrison Smith one-handed play was outrageous.
1: Yeah, I just I actually uh, I, I was looking at the the film yesterday because I'm writing for it today for for SB Nation and he, he did some nice things against Minnesota, especially those last few drives. There was some unlock, there was some luck that he did not get. There's some there's some positives to take away from the performance against Minnesota. Let me ask you something that that dovetails nicely with uh, both your your background as a Packers fan and your your professional uh, expertise in fantasy football, and that is where you stand on the Aaron Jones versus Ty Montgomery uh, running back share. Who do you think should be getting the lion's share of those carries?
2: What I'd kind of like to see out of this duo is uh, a better version of the Amir Abdullah-Theoretic dynamic in Detroit. Aaron Jones looks like the better pure runner. I mean, it makes sense. He's, He's a great athlete coming out of college, set all kinds of records for his school. Shows great vision, patience, and and bursts through the line of scrimmage in his spot work. And whereas Ty Montgomery is is still a great pass catcher and is good in space, but he just wasn't quite hitting the hole the same way that Aaron Jones was. I'd rather see Jones be the primary workhorse and then put them both in the backfield. Use Montgomery and hurry up because he's such a great receiver out of the backfield. I think there's a space for both of them, but I'd rather see Jones take over more of a lead share here.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I think the, the, the better pure running back is Aaron Jones. And whether or not that that means he should be getting most of the carries, I don't know. I think I think Montgomery is a versatile piece that you can use in a lot of different ways. You know what I love? I would love to see is I would love to see some situations where you have Hundley in shotgun, and you have Ty Montgomery on his left and Aaron Jones on his right. I'd love
2: that. That'd be great. And,
1: and make defenses figure out what. And then you you could run out of that formation. You could split one guy out. You could moat, you could use motion. I mean, there is is so many ways. I mean, you said it. This offense is so much more versatile than 2013 when Rodgers went down the first time. And Hunley is so much better than the Seneca Wallace, Matt Flynn, Scott Tolzien, Poo Poo Platter.
2: Right. I mean, you you think back to that year. I was looking at this just so I wasn't forgetting anything. Seneca Wallace and Tolzien were both in their first year with the team last year. This is a completely different situation having Hunley have been here for three years. You know, the only reason they went out and signed Matt Flynn was because he was, you know, he was kind of coasting through the league, but he was just two years ago had been in the system. So it at least made some sense. But, you know, Hunley's the guy here. This is, this is, they're not apples to apples, these situations. All the pass catchers are healthy. Back in 2013, Cobb was banged up too. He didn't come back until uh, that finale game where he caught the two touchdowns from Rodgers. So. I, I think that I know fans are going to want to think the sky is falling and the season is over and stuff because of the injuries. And now they've got Hunley. But, you know, sitting at four and two at this point, the Packers realistically only have to have to win, you know, five of five or six of their next 10 games to have a shot at the postseason. And then once you're in, who knows what happens?
1: Six and four is not a great record. Like that—that that, it should not be that hard for a good team to win six of their ten games. Like that's just—that's sort of how I feel about it. If you look at the schedule, there is definitely six winnable games. I agree on the schedule, uh, and I if agree. Brett Hundley can be fine, they should be able to win some games. I think two and eight or three and seven is a disaster.
2: Yeah, I, I mean not just I agree. because
1: those are terrible records, but because they should be better than that.
2: They should. It'll be it'll it'll be uh, crucial who comes back healthier after the buy. If the Packers can mm-hmm. sneak out with a win next week against New Orleans, get right during the bye, then they'll be in a good position to, you know, go about five hundred down the stretch and have a shot at the postseason. But if they they lose that game before New Orleans going into the bye, that'll be that'll put them in a little bit more of a hole. But cause Kevin King, Morgan Burnett, I mean, Devon House, Quentin Rollins now, that's that's four basically starting guys in the secondary. That's it's a tough pill to swallow right there. Uh, and that's not gonna help Hunley out. You know, he would hopefully have a defense that can be a little bit better and and maybe give him a turnover here or there to uh shorten the field.
1: The Saints game feels a little bit like stealing. If they can get the Saints game, I agree. I think 10 games is absolutely in their reach because they're going to come off the bye. We know what the Packers record is off a of bye. Mike McCarthy is brilliant with an extra week to prepare. That's the Lions at home. You still get the Vikings at home. You have the Browns, you have the Bears on the road. Tampa, the Ravens Tampa at Bay. home like Yep. Who, who we thought was good and turns out might just not be plus Jameis is heard now. Yep, so exactly. who knows what that team is going to look like? And, I'm, and it's going to be – go ahead. I was going
2: to say the Steelers, one week they look like world beaters. The next week they look like they're going to get yep. eaten by anybody in the world. So you know, it's any any given Sunday. <laughs> and what the benefit is coming out of that bye, if they can get the New Orleans game, that's totally stealing. But that's a Monday night game against Detroit too. So not only did they get the bye, they right. get an the extra day of rest and preparation. It's uh, It'd be huge. It'd be huge. It'll be a big game next week.
1: I'm I'm glad to hear some optimism out of you. I really am
2: because
1: because I'm I think I'm more optimistic than most of Packers Twitter, although Packers Twitter is even when they're good and Rodgers is playing can be a dark, dark place.
2: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Just follow the JS comments uh, Twitter Twitter feed. It's one of my favorites in the world for the the lunacy that comes out of that comment section.
1: Absolutely do that. Alex, where can where can people find all of your work? You do a million things for for NFL media.
2: Yeah, well, thank you. I'm on Twitter uh, at Alex Gelhar. I'm on Facebook. I think it's Alex Gelhar NFL uh, Instagram is just at Alex Gelhar. And then uh, we do the NFL Fantasy Live podcast here two times a week. Uh, NFL.com slash podcasts. And then uh, my writer page. I do a couple articles a week. I actually just wrote up one on what's next for the Packers uh, fantasy wise, without Rogers, you can read all those at nfl.com slash Gelhar. It's G E L H A R.
1: You are the first guest to pimp his Instagram page on Locked <laughs> On Packers. So. Yes, well, we're, we're just we're just breaking some, down barriers. Trying to
2: do some more fantasy content across all those things. You know, uh, the the big buzzword around corpo places like this is social media. So, and I do a, do a little yes. bit of, do a little bit of everything on that one.
1: Brand synergy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanks for being on the show, Alex. My
2: pleasure. Let's do it again soon.
1: I want to thank Alex again for joining Locked On Packers. And just to clean up one little thing, Alex and I talked about the running back share. Aaron Jones outsnapped Ty Montgomery 43 to 20 on Sunday. Now, as Montgomery gets healthier, is that going to change? I'm not sure. But as we discussed, I think Aaron Jones is the natural running back on this team. And I think we could see more and more. We could see Montgomery lined up wide and used in a in more of a, of a a flex weapon position, the way that maybe the Vikings used Percy Harvin, the way the Patriots used Deion Lewis. I think we could see that from Ty Montgomery. He's that kind of player. And by the way, so is Aaron Jones. I remember vividly some, some video that Ben Fennel, friend of the podcast, tweeted out about Aaron Jones and, and some of the ways he was used in the passing game. They used him on go routes and wheel routes and all kinds of uh, explosive ways in the passing game down the field. Aaron Jones is here to stay as a part of this offense. And and I just, I can't repeat enough what Alex said. This is not 2013. Jarrett Boykin is not walking through that door. They have their weapons. This is, this is a loaded offense. And if the offensive line is healthy, they are going to score points. Or they better. They should. We'll see if they will. Okay, Mike Triplett from ESPN is here tomorrow for Opponent Wednesday to talk about the New Orleans Saints. And, and we're going to do a Friday podcast this week. There's too much There's too much going on to not get to it, and it's something that I'm going to try, I think, to do every week now because too much happens with the injury report. There's been some some news that, that has broken uh, either late Thursday or early Friday. I think I'm going to wait a little bit. It'll be a podcast that goes up maybe Friday afternoon or Friday evening that you can listen to either on Friday or Saturday before the game just so that we can get all the injury updates, we can get all the information, and, and we can have, we can go into Sunday with all the information. So I'm going I'm to try and do that moving forward. Alex Gelhart today. We have Mike Triplett tomorrow. And we may have one more guest this week. We'll see what we can do. Remember, as always, stay locked on, Packers.
0: Okay, Kevin, for the grand prize of $1 million, what color is the White House?
2: Um, I know this, I know this, I know this. Um, five seconds. Oh, switching to GEICO could save you a bunch of money on car insurance?
1: Okay. Judges? That's true, Kevin.
0: They'll allow it. congratulations. You're a winner.
1: Woo! GEICO, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer.
0: the list.